Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Ring, the most important show about boxing, with your host, David Diaz. Get ready for four rounds of sports talk in one hour, with an emphasis on boxing, both amateur and professional. Now, here's your host, former boxing great, David Diaz. Welcome, welcome everyone, and thanks for tuning to Outside the Ring. I am your host, 1996 U.S. Olympian, and former WBC lightweight champion of the world, David Diaz. If you're into boxing, MMA, or any other sport, you've tuned into the right place. Well, we have quite a good show here for you guys today. Um, we're going to be discussing um, a lot of the uh, last weekend's fights with uh, Miguel Cotto and the undercard. And precisely that on the undercard was uh, Rodriguez versus Warlock. Now, this fight... Before, they had it, I think, a couple of months back on ESPN, and it was one of the greatest fights. I think it's on the list to becoming a, a fight of the year for ESPN. And um, in that fight, it was a tough, tough fight for both both of the fighters. And in that fight, it became it, uh, the, the result was a draw. So they had put him on the uh, Cotto Margarito undercard, and we will be discussing the outcome of that fight and what's next for the, uh, both of, of these uh, great fighters that, that put on a good show. Also, we're going to be discussing a lightweight uh, championship fight that took on uh, place at the co-main event of the Antonio Margarito Cotto fight. And it was a Rios versus Murray fight. And there, I'm going to be discussing the outcome, but there were some uh, other factors that played into that fight that were before the fight uh, on the day of the weight. There were some problems and issues there, and we will be elaborating on that as well. And we are also going to be discussing, obviously, the main event. That main event that has great um, uh, fights in with uh, Mexicans and Puerto Ricans, and it was a great fight. And I'm not talking about that one in my house, because <laughs> if you all know, that's uh, my wife's Puerto Rican and, and I'm Mexican. And um, it, it wasn't that fight, though. I'm pretty sure we all know who wins that one. And we will be discussing um, the Coro Margarito Part 2. And we will um, talk about that fight and see what's going on. Um, before I introduce my guest co-host for, for this show, I want to give um, condolences to, to, one, of our, to our, uh, one of our friends, their married couple, Boris and Patty Sanchez, who over the Thanksgiving um, holiday um, lost a... Uh, uh, 
Boris lost his mom to 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 a fight of uh, a cancer, and um, I just want to tell Boris uh, and Patty that we're here. My wife and I are here for for them for whatever they need any support. And um, like I told Boris, um, um, nothing we can say can 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 never uh, heal your pain, but just take solace in 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 remembering the good times you had with your mother and. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that's going to make you smile. Um, well, now to introduce my guest co-host for today. He's uh, on his return uh, to being a guest co-host. Um, he's my other guest co-host. Uh, Larry Bruick is out in uh, Washington, D.C. And these both guys are going at it. But Larry's out there in um, Washington, uh, Washington D.C. Having, having cold ones with our president. So uh, to introduce my guest co-host. Mr. Matt, the money smart guy, Sapala. How you doing, Matt? Hey, great to be here, champ, man. And, uh, man, it's an awesome thing that you're doing here. I'm so proud to be your co-host. You keep winning, man. Whatever you get involved in, you keep winning, man. So let's, uh, let's continue to win. Oh, and also, um, thank you, brother, and I appreciate that. Um, I also want to um, tell you that later on in, in the show, we're going to be on, the, on our third segment. Uh, we're going we're gonna to have my, my coach. My coach who, uh, trained me for, uh, my, um, last five years a professional fighter and wow. who's also a fighter, ex-fighter himself, very decorated in the amateur, uh, in an amateur career. And, um, you know, he will be with us, uh, later on. But, um, I want to go into, uh, you know, how we spent our weekend, Matt. Would you like to elaborate on that? Yeah, you know, I, I was, I was, uh, having a conversation with a friend of mine. And she goes, man, I want some changes in my life. I want some change in my life. But yet she's still in her house. She's still in, in the same situation. Uh, hasn't changed much, just hoping that things are going, but no action. You know what I'm saying? No action. So, yeah, yeah, no action. No right. action, you know? <laughs> right. So, you know, going to Fresno, California for all of us who did go, you know, just you know, there's nothing you can do. I mean, if you're in the business of trying to change people, you always beat your head in the ground. But, uh uh, it was just an honor and a privilege to uh, travel alongside you and Tanya and, and the rest of our team uh, to travel to Fresno, California, and just to work and operate outside the box and go through stressful situations like travel. And then we learned a lot about each other. And uh, I'm pretty sure you, you've done that many times in your career as a fighter that uh, you had to put yourself in a different environment to get you in the to get, to get you in the zone, right? Right, exactly. You have to do that so like that you you understand that what you got to go through. And you're right, you're correct. We had a great weekend over uh, in Fresno. Got to meet a lot of great people that that are in 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 the business that that you're in and that we got to meet great people that that truly inspire right. inspire inspired me uh <laughs> to to do something like you said, like to do something about it. You know, and um, I think my wife and I are taking that step forward, and I think it's great. And, and uh, I, I definitely had a great time uh, spending it with you and the rest of the team there. So hopefully, you know, we'll be able to do that once uh, once again. But um, also, I wanted to see um, if you knew that uh, Pujols might be in some financial um, advisement. I don't know if you heard. <laughs> if you heard. Um, he, he man, signed I was, at the, a I was at the gym earlier this morning, man, and it came up on ESPN. Everybody and just like, ah, two hundred fifty million dollar contract, man, ten year deal, man. It's a quarter billion dollars. That guy, the guy signed his name to, man. How many people have that opportunity? 
I'm not not so many many people have that problem, and um, obviously we all wish we had that bad problem, you know, <laughs> because 250, 260 million, it's it's unreal, and um, you know, it's it's bad. I mean, for me, I'm a Cub fan, so we kind of wanted uh Pujols to come over here and join right. us, and you know, to help us build our team on, on the run. But he's actually uh, signed a 10 year contract, uh, no trade deal. With the Los Angeles um, Angels of Anaheim, so you know, I, I mean, I guess he got tired of the the Midwestern uh, weather, so he's on, he's moving his way out. So, you know, God bless him and uh, more success uh, to him. Um, that's a great squad he's going out to a- a- anyway as well. You know, you know, Warren Sapp, uh, the def- the former defensive tackle for the uh, Buccaneers. Yeah, uh, he, you know, he does a lot of ESPN and NFL stuff. He put on his Twitter. He said, we always knew that St. Louis was a gateway to the West. Go pool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's how it is, man. You, you try and fear in the Midwest, and uh, everybody likes the homegrown type of uh, player and, and person that he is. And he's accepted by everybody, and he's, uh, you know, a very uh, admired throughout the, the whole baseball organization. But also, I want to let you know that uh, – our basketball season is getting ready to start, you know. Come on, uh, December, de- December 16th, uh, the Bulls go to Indiana and, and play the Pacers. So that mm-hmm. should be exciting to watch as well. That, that we, they finally got through the financial situation, <laughs> you yeah, know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they got through it, and now they're getting ready to give us some, some good work. That, that also goes to show, too, man, is that uh, you can't get stuff off right unless – uh, your the financial situations in order. You know, it's easy to get involved in something, but at the same time, when you're through it, you don't want to be in this position where, like, man, I really regret this stuff. So definitely, the players made it made sure it was going to be worth their while. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Well, I also want to uh, tell you a little bit uh, too what I'm going to be doing this 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 Saturday. I'm going to some uh, MMA fights, XFO 42, mm. at the Sears Centers in Hoffman Estates. So that's. I- that's that's the angle that uh, my other guest co-host uh, um, was able to do for me. He was able to go out there and uh, get us some tickets to go to the uh, XFO 42 Sears Center in Hoffman Estates, uh, where the co-main event is Jake Gregson, and he's fighting uh, Danny Aguirre. And the main event is Miodrag Petkovic versus Mike Moreo. See, so Larry was able to do that for me. As, nice. uh, nice. as, as you know, as nice. his way of trying, of trying to be the regular guest co-host. Now, my question <laughs> to you is, man, what are you going to do? A <laughs> hey, big, big shout out to Larry, man. Good job, brother. <laughs> yeah, right. No, well, um, also during this, uh, um, uh, yesterday, actually, I was at the, uh, Italian uh, Hall of Fame and, um, I was there to, uh, I do a lot of things with the Italian Hall of American uh, Hall of Fame, and um, we were there with my friend Bill Conforti, who invited me to go see some amateur fights. And I was there, and we were having a good time. And I sat with some some uh, um, some people who who had never been to a, a boxing event. So they were like, "Oh, have you have you fought, or have you ever seen these fights?" I'm like, "Yeah, I've I've come to some of the amateur fights um, and stuff like that." So I started explaining to them what the fighting game is and what the kids are doing and stuff like that. So then all of a sudden people start coming up to me and start asking me for pictures and autographs. And they're like, 
they look at each other like, who's this guy? So then uh, <laughs> when I sit that back down after like five or six people coming and, and, and talking, talking to me, uh, she's like, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I'm actually uh, an ex-fighter. I, I was uh, in the Olympics and a uh, 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 professional fighter uh, in, 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 in boxing. Oh, they're like, oh, really? Were you successful? And <laughs> like, on, like, like on cue, I mean, it was like, it was like played out like on cue. The ring counselors. And here, because today... Is your lightweight champion and you know very successful fighter and all. then I just look at her and I start smiling and you know <laughs> what you need to do you need to create a special album on your iPhone, David. Yeah. I will ask you. I know. I know. The thing is, you're such a humble guy, right? And 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 great champions usually are. But you're just such a humble guy that sometimes you just need to you know you just need to put a little uh, album in your phone just kind of show people you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah man. I, mean, time, you know? I, I try not, I, I try not, you know, to to not be that 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 kind of a person. That I, I just like to go out and when I meet people, I like to hang out. And majority of the people first they introduce themselves, and I and I introduce myself as just David Diaz. Then later on, they're like, "You look familiar," and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm I'm that guy that you wanted to, you wanted to know about." So we just had a great time all around. They're talking about the fights and. You know, the amateurs is where it all started for me. And I started telling them that it was, you know, in, 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 in there that, that, that I decided. And, you know, with, with that being said in the amateurs, you know, I've gotten some questions where they say, how many amateur fights is too much? And to be honest with you, it all depends on the fighter. I mean, sometimes if you want to develop a fighter, you want to have him a lot, uh, um, a lot of fights in there so he can, you know, get confidence and build it up and obviously get better. So I, I, I tend to think as many as, as that person is, is needed or you feel fit for it, you know? Right. So that, that's, that's basically my thing, you know? So, um, I've had a lot of people always, always tell me, you know? Um, how many fights did you have, David? Oh, I had about 84, 84 fights, 84, yeah, but amateurs. Amateur fights, you know, 14 wow. losses and, um, a lot of, uh, a great time, so a lot of great times. But we're going to be going to a commercial break, so stay tuned for my thoughts on last week's fights. Your next segment is called The Outcome. We'll be taking your calls later in the show. Stay tuned or dial at 888-346-9144. Thank you. flagship station for sports voice america sports what's the national pastime in the u.s in the 21st century are you sure think again three out of four americans have made nfl football the true american pastime it's now one of the fastest growing sports in the world but how do we as fans understand everything that goes on behind the scenes tune in to enter the league with eugene t lee esquire as your host eugene was the featured nfl agent in the espn acclaimed documentary the dotted line and now he takes his expertise to the voice america sports channel listen every thursday at 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific 
This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional. Take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Outside the Ring with David Diaz. If you want to give us your questions and comments, call us right now at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. If you want, you can also send us an email to david at diazsportsinc.com. That's diazsportsinc.com. Now, back to Outside the Ring. We're back, and you're listening to Outside the Ring. This segment is called The Outcome. Uh, I want to start off first by talking about, you. obviously we're going to talk about the, the Margarito and Cotto, um, but I want to start off talking with uh, Rodriguez and, and Wolak. Now, that fight there was um, uh, also a, a rematch because earlier in the year, Rodriguez and Wolak fought an amazing fight toe-to-toe, going back and forth, a 10-rounder, killing each other and hitting each other with everything and the kitchen sink, and it came out to a draw. That bout was a draw, and um, so they decided to put that exciting fight on on, on the undercard of uh, the Cotto Margarito. Now, my thoughts on the fight is that the fight, the, 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 the fight started off really great. It, it started off the first two, three rounds where they left off. But then after that, after a while, um, Rodriguez, I believe, just started pop-shotting him, retreating back. Because if everybody knows the way uh, Warlock fights, he's like a raging bull. They call him the, the Polish raging bull. So, you know, he just keeps coming forward and, and gets hit a lot. Definitely a lot of uh, uh, got hit uh, more than than he needed to in, in this fight. And um, then the fight ended, uh, started to, um, you know, plateau a little bit. And it, it just wasn't the exciting fight that we all thought it was going to be because of their uh, first encounter. So, you know, at, towards the end of the fight, Rodriguez put on the, put the gas, on, I mean, at the foot to the pedal and, and ended up uh, beating uh, Wolak and decisioning him, decisioning him uh, in a 10-round um, uh, um, decision. So, you know, what brings me to is, uh, you know, Wolak was a, a very limited fighter, but he went out there and, and gave his all. And 
I, you have to commend that because, I mean, just to get into the ring and, and do those kind of things and fight against another opponent and who you know is uh, probably a better boxer than you are is um, always a, a, a great a tip of the hat, too. You know, um, now Rodriguez is a, is a light puncher, though. He's a light puncher for that uh, very um, talented field in, in, in the middleweight uh, division, you know. So my my thought uh, for uh, Rodriguez, he's he's himself with um, a, a great class. Like the the main guy there is Sergio Martinez. Now you know who that is. That's Maravilla. That's Maravilla. that that guy's from yeah from Argentina. Boy, that that guy's smooth. Older gentleman, but man, he's he's quick and smooth. And I don't think it would be a good one for Rodriguez because I definitely think he would get beat and probably uh, knocked out. Now. The other guy that I would think would be good would be Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., hmm. which is yeah he he's he's um he's getting up there in name recognition, but I don't think it's kind of a little bit dangerous just because of the way Rodriguez fights. That he's a a really fast guy and fast mover and likes to box a lot. So that I would rule Julio Cesar Chavez out for Rodriguez right now. But the guy that I would uh, recommend Rodriguez to go for and is Marco Antonio Rubio. Now, he's a hard hitter, but he's a slower fighter and is almost pretty good for Rodriguez because he's a fighter that moves around. So that's my thought for Rodriguez, you know, of, of who he should fight next. And, you know, if, if that fight gets made, yes, I do want some credit for it. Uh, sure. And what's the, yeah, you know, what's next for uh, Wolak? Well, I just recently found out that um, he retired, man. He actually retired after that fight and um, is looking to um, not fight anymore, but he's going to honor his contract through um, uh, top rank. So he, he's probably going to take lesser fights of that. What, what do you think about that, um, Matt? Well, first off, I'm looking at the beginning of the, uh, that, that fight. I don't know if that's his normal demeanor with Wolak, but uh, the, 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 uh, when, it, when the fighters come together before the fight, yeah. he, he okay. kind of looked defeated already. I don't know. No? Well, well, but, see, that, 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 that's, that's, yeah, you know, sometimes it plays into that. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, he's got a blank face. Yeah, a blank yeah, face. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But, uh. Well, yeah. But, but I, I, I think it's a good David, idea. I mean, with Wallach retiring, he announced it on Twitter, announced it on Facebook. Um, what go, I mean, what goes through a fighter's head when they decided to, to, to retire? And then, I mean, he's so, um, you know, a fighter's young still, so what do they do in retirement? You know, most of the fighters um, tend to uh, just uh, think about boxing again in the sense of being involved in that sport since that's all we've done. Right. You understand me? Uh, they want to go back and, and, and maybe find themselves in a situation where their coach, uh, um, coach, uh, he, they want to be a coach. And uh, uh, a lot of fighters don't manage their money, right? So sometimes from being out of the sport for only about a year, everything's gone. So they, they, they come back, which is usually the case because they don't know how to manage their money correctly. And they end up getting hurt. Right, because they're, taking, they're probably taking on fights to make the bills and they're taking on fights to put their lives in danger. And the, the more you're a fighter, the older you are as a fighter. You know, you have wife, kids. As well, right, right, exactly. Yes, exactly. So I wish I wish him nothing but the best, and um, I hope he he finds something wonderful and an opportunity that's great. And I wish him nothing but the best. Um, I want to get down now to uh, the Rios, the Rios Murray fight. 
Now, that fight controversy started before they even uh, got in the ring. You know, it was all ha- had to do about um, Rios almost fighting himself before the fight. You know, it, he had to make weight, which it was a big problem for him. I mean, granted, it was only about a pound, I think it was, but it still uh, uh, it still took out a lot of him. I believe, uh, from, from what the reports are, he had not eaten for like three or four days and he was just, uh, chewing on stuff and ice and, you know, we, I, I remember those times, you know, <laughs> cause I was always like, a, <laughs> I was always a big little, uh, Mexican little, fat little Mexican. So, you know, I would love my tortillas and, 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 and you know, I couldn't stay away from that and McDonald's was my diet. So, uh, you know. <laughs> Those were the amateur days, though, man, and a little bit of my prof- professional career. But, um, you know, I, I learned how to get uh, better at uh, controlling my weight and managing. And I believe um, Rios, it cost, it didn't cost him the fight because Rios stopped him in the 11th round. It didn't cost him the fight. But what I did think it cost him was the performance, hmm. you know. Yeah, he, I think because uh, trying to diet himself and not eat and everything. I believe uh, Rios um, fought with uh, Murray. No knock on Murray, but um, Murray was in the fight longer because I, I honestly do believe Rios uh, debilitated himself by trying to lose those extra pounds. So um, he ended up stopping uh, Murray in the 11th round, but I think it could have gone a lot a lot quicker had Rios uh, been at weight and, and and done the right things and is um as uh dieting himself he actually said that the difference was that he couldn't sweat up in the mountains of uh mexico where margarita was training so it was kind of hard for him to um lose the the, lose the pounds since he was always training yeah training in california and sometimes you know it tends to do that i I trained one time at in big bear and it's it's very difficult to to lose weight uh when it's cold outside and and um you know, you, you usually try to, uh, sometimes, let's be honest, some people, some guys go in there and, uh, with their, uh, sauna suits and ray, uh, run outside with it, trying to lose the weight. But the only thing is that they're, uh, you know, debilitating themselves in, in, in the process. Like right. for, what's next? What's next for Rios? Rios actually said that he's going to be moving up to weight class because he obviously lost his belt at, uh, mm-hmm. when you don't make, when you don't make weight uh, on the scale and you have a belt, you you lost it. So you oh, lose re- it. Really, man. Yeah. So he went into that fight just to fight to to win, which which uh, which was great on, on his part. And Murray went in there to try to beat him to get that title. So for him, the quest was still still getting the title. And um, for Rios, it was um, you know that that he lost it. So what's next for Rios? Man, he's going to the 140 pound division, and there is a lot of uh, uh, talent in that division. You got Amir Khan, you got Lamont Peterson. Um, there's a uh, Marcos Medina, the hard hitter from uh, uh, Argentina. So there's a lot of lot of fighters in that weight division that um, is going to be really really tough for 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 Rios. So you know that that says for that for uh, Murray. I think he's going to go back across the pond and, and do a, a couple of uh, fights out there, and he, he'll be happy uh, with whatever. Uh, he also got a pay raise uh, for that fight. I don't know if you know, uh, since Rios didn't make the, the, the weight, 
he got paid uh, extra twenty five grand. So nice, not bad, not 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 bad for him. Well, but, Murray got paid more. Yes, yes, yes. Murray got because paid because he more. got it from Rios's Rios's cut. Rios's cut. Rios's cut. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so now <laughs> on to the next one. It's the Cotto Margarito and. Oh yeah, that was a fight that everybody wanted to see, and uh, the crowd there was thrilling. I mean, it was it, when Mexican Puerto Rican fight, man, forget about it. It's <laughs> it, 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 it's awesome. You know, it's it's a great rivalry. It goes back many years. So that that alone, um, the fight was uh, atmosphere was great. Now, how did both fighters look physically? They both looked primed, ready to tear it up. I can honestly tell you that they were they they looked in shape, cut up, and everything. So they they looked in really uh, good, good shape. Who executed their plan the best? Obviously, it was Cotto because uh, he did not. Yeah, he did not want to get back into the ring with uh, Margarito, go toe to toe, blow for blow. Because honestly, um, he felt Margarito's punches, so he was able to do more. I believe he took a page out of uh, Manny Pacquiao's fight. Uh, with Margarito, and he seen that that was the way to beat uh, Cotto was just to box him, and uh, Cotto did that. He shut his eye down. He shut, I believe, uh, his right eye down. The right eye, the and, same one that got yeah. uh, fractured. Right, exactly. That's the same one they got. They got fractured, and 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 done. so. What what's next for for uh, for Margarito? I personally think that he might be thinking about retiring, but since he's Mexican and and he's hardcore. I, I seriously doubt it. He's made enough money though to retire comfortably, but I, I doubt um he's gonna um he's gonna um uh, continue fighting. What's next for Cotto? I don't know. There's a lot of uh talent in, in that division as well. Uh, one of the talented fighters is from here, from Chicago. He's ranked number fifth in in, in the world. His name is uh, Carlos Molina. He's from Chicago, and I wouldn't mind seeing Carlos Molina go take a shot at Cotto because I think it would be a good fight. For Carlos and a tough one for uh, Cotto because Carlos Molina is a very difficult fighter. And obviously we know that uh, the next week, uh, this weekend coming up is Amir Khan versus Lamont uh, Peterson. Yeah, so that should be a good one. But we're going to be going to a commercial break. So stay tuned for our next segment, The Fighter's Corner. We'll be talking to my coach, my friend, Mike the Fly Garcia. Tune in, everyone. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. What does building a family mean to you? Nobody has experienced the pain and joy of family life in a way that Freddie Scott has. And his experiences in life, in sports, and business can help you create a successful family future. We'll cover many aspects of family building and management with a focus on fatherhood. Men and women want their families to succeed during these tough times. Our show will give you hope for the future and practical tools for a successful family. Tune in to The Freddie Scott Show, tackling the game of life, Mondays at noon. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. The revolution has begun with Jim and Trav. Listen this week as Randall Eden, Shannon Young, Josh Fleming, and Joe Hosmer tell us why it's important to get our kids in the outdoors. Plus, Cat Daddy will have some catfishy tips, and Nick Rhodes has a new twist on wildlife management you'll want to hear. This is sponsored by Ram Trucks at RamTrucks.com. 
Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. If you want to talk about the East Coast sports scene, particularly from the Southeast, make sure you tune in to the Jeff Owen Show every Tuesday. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there, but host Jeff Owens and co-host Tasha Humphrey know the inside and out of the Georgia college sports world, and they were born there, raised there, and still live the scene. We'll talk about every sport imaginable. Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports... America Sports. You're tuned in to Outside the Ring with David Diaz. If you want to give us your questions and comments, call us right now at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. If you want, you can also send us an email to david at diazsportsinc.com. That's diazsportsinc.com. Now, back to Outside the Ring. We're back, and you're listening to Outside the Ring. I like to call this segment the Fighter's Corner. And in this segment, I actually have a fighter slash coach. Um, my, my coach, my friend, who's been with me for the last five, six years and has helped me train myself and, and, and win championships and, and had a, have a great time with, uh, with um, this gentleman, my friend. Um, I like to welcome him. My coach, Mike the Fly Garcia. Say hello, Mike. Hello, everybody, and thank you, David, for having me. Well, I also want to introduce you to my guest co-host, Matthew Sapala. He's uh, a good friend of mine, and um, you'll be hearing more about what Matt does later on in, in, in the segment or later on in another show. We might have something for you guys that, that's really going to astonish you. Um, Mike uh, was a professional fighter. He became a coach, but his record was 26-0. and zero. With 18 Woo. KOs. Not bad, so Mike. He, yeah, you. man. He's a, he's a guy who retired undefeated. Woo. Thank you, know? you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> On top, baby. So, yes, sir. So how's it going, Mike? How's it going with you and everything? Everything's good, David. Thank you very much. Um, just got the Russians back in town, your friends. Um, hopefully, they're going to be fighting maybe end of January, early February. So they just got in town last weekend, and Monday was our first day back in the gym with them. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Going to work. As, like I said before, Mike's been my, my coach for, for numerous years now and uh, a friend, uh, since I was, uh, since I was young. So, um, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that, uh, the Russians are coming back into town. And, um, there's some exciting fighters as well. But let everybody know, um, um, what, what are the names so like that people can know and, and, and probably follow them in, in, in around and, and see who they are. Well, I don't know her last name, but uh, the one just, she's 140 pounds. Oh, you can't say Aslan. that. Yeah, i got to figure it out. i got to get the names. But his name's Aslan. She's about um, 17 or 18 old right now, uh, 140 pounder. He's one of the WBC youth champions, and that is anybody 21 under can fight for this. It's like an international title. He's a WBC youth international champion. And the other one is uh, Anton, which I don't know his name either. And he fights for 150 <laughs> 154 pounds, and the same thing with Tim. He's a WC Youth Intercontinental Champion, and they're both from Chalabin's Russian. 
It's a Lapins Russian where they make the, oh, they were real close because I remember uh, training with them. They would tell me that um, the vodka they would use out there, they make a lot of vodka over there, so that they would use that as a windshield wiper, uh, windshield fluid, you know, oh, yeah. so like that it wouldn't freeze over. I was like, are you kidding me? He's like, yeah. He goes, because the windshield fluid is more expensive than the vodka because they make so many, so much vodka out there. So I was like laughing it up with them. But um, no, that's awesome. Hey, I also want to ask you a quick question. What was your sure. thought on that on that on that duel, the Puerto Rican and Mexican? With the margarita Cotto? Not, um, not, 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 not me and my wife, but the Cotto, uh, <laughs> Cotto margarita one. Um, I think Cotto did good. And I, I, that's what I expected him to box him this time and just try to stand his toes for 12 rounds. And I was telling people, if Cotto could do that without getting tired, he could beat Margarita because Margarita's just one dimension. No defense. He just comes forward. You know, great shape. He's just looking to rock him and sock him. And anybody that moves on him, which Randy Packett approved, gives him a hard time. So, with that said, I just thought that Cota could beat him. If Cota would have got tired in the middle rounds and stopped fighting, then that would have been Margarito's chance to get at him. But Cota started the game plan, and he was using angles and his jab very well. Now, now you see how in in the ninth round, obviously, um, um, Margarito started landing a little bit more on uh, on Cotto. Do you think he was getting Cotto was at the point where he was starting to get tired and maybe was starting to catch punches from Mar- from Margarito that started to slow him down? And do you think there's a possibility that had Margarito be given another round, could it, could it have been a different outcome? Hard to say. I don't think Margarita had the power, like a one-shot punch, to knock him out or hurt him to change the fight. Maybe accumulations, and maybe if Cotto was getting tired, but Cotto was still landing the cleaner shots. You know, he couldn't yeah. see that eye. The hooks were coming in. He was landing the sharper shots where Margarita's head was snapping back. You know, it's hard to say. Like I said, it, it'd be different if Margarita had that one-punch knockout where he could change the fight, but I, I didn't see it. You know, I just think that Cotto was in a 1-12 to round decision. Mike, I gotta ask you. I mean, Margarito's eye keeps swelling back up again, back from the Pacquiao fight. Is that going to be a problem for him in other fights going forward? I think it is. I I really believe that they should have stopped that fight his corner when he fought Pacquiao, maybe the seventh or eighth round. His eye was swollen shut. It, it was disgusting, and he had no chance of winning. Again, like I said, he doesn't have that one punch knockout. He likes to throw a bunch of the punches and wear you down. That's his game. And with Pacquiao, I mean, it was just target practice. I mean, I know the yes. fighters. Especially even David, they don't want the trainers to stop the fight, but sometimes the trainers <laughs> are smart enough and no one stops it for his fighter to fight another day. You know, no fighter wants to get, you know, have his trainer make him set a stool and stop the fight or whatever. You know, they want that last chance. They always know they got that one punch maybe to turn a fight around, but as a trainer, you got to really think about the future, and I think they may have mistaken that fight. Hmm. Okay. And, and, and Mike, Mike, real, yes. real quick, Mike and Matthew, I, I want to take a, uh, before we continue, I want to take a call real quick. Um, um, this is, uh, my friend, um, Boris, I believe. Is Boris still on the line? Yeah, it's me. Hello? Hey, what's up, Boris? How you doing, brother? Good, good. Hey, so, well, first of all, I want to congratulate you on the show. Uh, you know, you're doing a great job, and, uh, I wish you nothing but the best. Oh, and, thanks. uh, and then also, thank you for the shout-out. You know, I, I was listening at the beginning of the show, and uh, I really appreciate that. You know it, you know it, brother. Hey, we're, we're, we're a big family. You know how, how we roll, man. We always got each other's back. And like I said, like I said, man, um, my condolences from my family to yours. And um, 
just take solace in, in remembering the good times with your mom, bro. Um, that's well, all I can say. I, I really appreciate it. And, uh-huh. uh, and I, I just have a question for you, uh, you know, about the fight. Uh, last uh-huh. week's fight. Uh-huh. I was rooting for Cotto, of course. Uh, right, but, yeah, uh, you had to, you had to. Uh, from your uh, had, perspective. Real quick, real, real quick, the, he has the, the same problem I do. To, you know, to this last fight, do you think he had, you know, that substance in his gloves that first fight? Or what, what do you think? You know, seeing the both fights and, uh, you know, he was punching the thing, but, you know, they, they weren't affecting Cotto uh, the way they did the first. Can, you, can you guys, can you guys hear me? Yes, yeah, we could. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I honestly, the thing is that Cotto fought a different fight, okay, from the previous fight, the first fight, that Cotto wasn't standing there and trying to go blow for blow with uh, Margarito. So to me, that says that maybe Margarito didn't have anything because if you see his face, his face was a little bruised up from the limited amount of punches that, that Margarito landed on him. So you can't really... Um, Say no, he didn't, or yes, he did, because it wasn't like the last fight. They didn't go blow for blow. Uh, Cotto didn't challenge Margaritos to say, uh, here, I'm, I'm going to fight you again the same way and see if anything changes. So can, right. can, can I say it's, it, um, it was just a, a different fight that Cotto did and um, probably know that Margarito had anything in his, in his gloves because he did come out bruised. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I yep. just wanted your opinion, you know, and yeah, I mean, it looked like it, uh, it was a totally different fight, and you know, he outboxed him and he moved around the ring very good, you know. Uh, so, you know, it's yep. a possibility. Yep, that's so. how it was. Well, Boris, thanks a lot for calling, brother. Appreciate no it, man. Thank you, and uh, good luck, and continue uh, doing a good job. All right, brother. Prayers, condolences, uh, Boris. Thanks. All right. God bless you, man. Appreciate. It. All right. All right. Now we're back to the show. That was my buddy Boris. Um, so. Like you said, that Cotto, Margarito, the, the Cotto was moving around, played, played, uh, did his plan perfectly. I mean, yes, he, he, did. Yes, he, did, did. he didn't go in there and brawl with him. And that's my point that, that now I could, I could tell people in that sense when they ask me, do you think he, he had loaded gloves? Well, you can't say if he didn't or he didn't because they didn't fight the same way. Uh, Margarito had, I mean, uh, Cotto had a different plan altogether. And he probably felt the punches, so he definitely knew he had to get out. Or else if he didn't, Feel the punches the same as they were before. He would have stayed embroiled with him. So, we we go to that. So, um, uh, Mike, I also want to ask you a couple of questions. I I've, I've been asked uh, uh, numerous times, and some people um, ask me, um, you know, on, on on Facebook and then on my website, which is uh, diasportsinc.com, and um, they leave me questions there. And one of the questions was, uh, how many fight minimums? should a fighter have before he or she think about turning pro? What's your thought on that, Mike? For an amateur kid, at least, I want to say maybe 30 to 40, maybe try to get some um, experience with the Nationals. Like if you win the Golden Gloves in Chicago, for example, which you know, you get an open division, then you go fight in the Nationals, which is a good tournament because there's kids from other, I think it's like 32 or 33 cities to compete against. I think that's a good way of getting your feet wet and seeing different styles, a lot of saw paws in there, a lot of good fighters in there. Some fighters got two or three hundred amateur fights, but just to see where you're at. It don't always necessarily mean you're going to be a good fighter, but it's just good for your experience. Yeah, I, I also think I, I think yeah, thirty to forty fights is is, is about right. I right. mean, for me, I had I had about eighty amateur fights, 
But the reason being is that I started off very young, and um, I started off at uh, eight years old, and I had a goal in mind in the sense that uh, I wanted to make the Olympics. So I had to stay for a certain amount of uh, years to to um, uh, participate in the Olympics. Or also, uh, as you said, at thirty forty, I could have gone pro, and I've. I uh, had gotten approached about turning pro, but my mind was set on making the Olympics. And thank God I I, I listened to myself for once, and um, <laughs> I you know, and uh, I I stayed in there, went to the Olympics, had a great time. Also, Mike, there was some another another question that um, uh, do you think some guys had too many fights and and are burnt out when they reach the pro of having like like let's say for me instance, I had 80, 80 amateur fights. Do you think that was like too much for myself? Not for yourself, but in some fighters' instance, yes. I, I believe some amateurs stand there too long. A perfect example is Kelsey Banks. He was uh, a phenomenal amateur, like in 85, 86, winning all kinds of tournaments, breaking Sugar Ray Leonard's record. He went to the 88 Olympics, and he should have never even been there. He, to me, he got beat twice by Ed Hobson, who was a surprise, you know, unknown, came out of there, should have beat him twice. But they gave it to Kelly, Kelsey Banks because of his experience with the international, fighting the Russians, the Cubans, and whatnot. And he ended up going to the Olympics, but he got knocked out in his first fight out there. And then when he turned pro, he was really never nothing. He, he never came. He never came to star that people were thinking he was become like a Sugar Ray Leonard, a Mark Breland. He never filled that dream. So I think with his case, and he had like four hundred amateur fights. I think he got way burnt out. Yeah, and exactly like like with with one of our Olympic uh, uh, our gold medalists, our only gold medalist of of our team, uh, David Reed. He, I think they, um, well, there was always David Reed was always going to international fights, and they were using him a lot. So he, I believe he got he was burnt out by the time he he got to the pros. Yet he still won a world championship, but I believe uh, uh, USA Boxing at that time was using him a lot and. He was using himself a lot. He obviously could could uh, could have stayed a, a little bit longer. You know, um, we're starting to close out this segment. Mike, could you hang with us for another uh, couple minutes while sure. we go to break? All sure. right, we'll be back and stay tuned for the next segment. You can call us at eight 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 three four six ninety one forty four. The championship round. We'll be back. Nice. flagship station for sports voice america sports what if there was a program that brought the best in sports and the best of entertainment together in one place it can be done and darnell autry proves it every week on outside the spotlight in this program athletes and artists come together to share their success stories hobbies professional projects and more that will interest not only the sports fan but fans of entertainment and other human interest stories if you have something you want to ask your favorite athlete or entertainer listen for outside the spotlight fridays at 5 p.m pacific 8 p.m eastern on voice america sports Fantasy Sports is where the action really is. Over 40 million people play Fantasy Sports, but rarely do they get to quiz the experts. Fantasy Insights is the name and the game. 
Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Outside the Ring with David Diaz. If you want to give us your questions and comments, call us right now at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. If you want, you can also send us an email to david at diazsportsinc.com. That's diazsportsinc.com. Now, back to Outside the Ring. Welcome back, welcome back, and you're listening to Outside the Ring. I am your host, David Diaz, and this is the championship round where anything goes. Um, I actually got to take a minute and um, uh, take a caller in. This is a paid caller. I, I've given her money. I believe, I believe, <laughs> I believe I know her. So, Ellie, are you on the line? Yes, I am, Theo. First of all, <laughs> I want to say congratulations on your show. I love it. You, I love your personality in and out of the show. You're the best. Uh, I have a quick question. Yes, you pay for that too? I've thinking, a lot of my friends always ask me about um, your fight against Pacquiao. So uh-huh. I was thinking, how do you feel about... Money Mayweather saying that he doesn't want to fight Pacquiao until he takes a drug test. Like, what are you? What are your thoughts about that? Since you um, fought with Pacquiao, how do you feel about the fight that you had with him? Like, do you think he was on drugs? Mm, you know what? I, I, I honestly, I for for my fight, I honestly think that he was legit. I mean, he was just coming from uh, the one thirty pound uh, weight class. All he had to do was bulk up five pounds. I'm pretty sure that when uh, he was fighting in the 130 division, he was probably walking around 140, 145 to begin with. So, and he's a very, um, I, I was able to see him um, uh, train and the way he works out, right, Mike? He's a yeah. fast guy. He works out. He works tremendously. So for him to get down to the 30 pound and then move up five pounds, I, I really didn't find it that hard for me to even think anything. And, um, Knowing him after our fight and everything, he was a nice person and everything. I honestly don't think so. Because during the fights that he fought the other guys, like the other bigger opponents, he made those guys come down to him. So like for Cotto, for Cotto, he made him, I believe, come down. I believe Cotto was at 47 before. He made him come down to like 45, 44 in order to fight him. 44, Go look at that. If Cotto was barely making 47, he had to really drain himself to make 44 so um you know i i t- for me to say um that he was on something for my fight i honestly can say no no he no. wasn't I, but, I so what do you think do you think maybe money mayweather's just scared to fight pacquiao no i don't i don't think he's scared i'm just like what he's saying is like he has that question in his mind and he probably wa- wants to bring it to light 
that's pretty just much it that that he just wants to know that he's playing on a he's competing against a, a fair field, which um you know it, it brings into question. But I honestly don't think for my fight he wasn't now for for these other fights I doubt it as well. I mean his speed is just unbelievable, and you know I just I think that's what's been the major key the 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 the, the speed. Thanks a lot, Ellie, for calling in, baby. No, wait, yo, one more. And so, if <laughs> if they were to fight, who do you think would who would you be rooting for? Mayweather. You <laughs> <laughs> would do that with okay, the Filipino co-host you. on the show. Yeah, yeah, I love you, yeah, I, I love you baby. <laughs> no, the reason being is just that um um before yeah before uh before I I did have Pacquiao winning. I mean, and you think and you look at um his last fight with with uh, Margarito. I mean, it, okay. I. Mar- Marquez, I'm sorry. Um, he 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 didn't look that great, you know. He didn't yeah. look like before. So and and you and and you look at the way Marquez fought Mayweather. Okay, now I give I grant is two different styles, two different fighters, but still you seen the ease that Marguerite, I mean uh, Mayweather had with Marquez. I mean it was it was it was unreal, you know. So um, yeah, that that's my pick, and plus he's a I've known uh, Mayweather longer than I've known Pacquiao, but but Pacquiao has invited me to the Philippines, so, so <laughs> I'm, I, <laughs> I'm flipped within those things. I gotta There's wait for an invite. Big feet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I gotta I gotta wait I gotta wait for an invite for Floyd <laughs> to uh, <laughs> fly me somewhere. So that that's the thing. Yeah, but uh, definitely I I do think um, that would be a great fight um, to 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 look. So. Um, now back to you, Mike. So you're not so uh, quiet and stuff. Sorry that that took so long. But I wanted to ask you one more thing. What, no what do you think about the Chicago Golden Gloves? Um, and do you think the 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 fighters in the Golden Gloves have, um, are are losing talent or are gaining talent? What, how do you see uh, the Chicago Golden Gloves? You know what? So some of our kids, David, you, and you know this very well. When you were an amateur, we spar with the pros, and they tend to get the pro style, not the amateur style. And I think that's hurting a lot of our kids, even with the international um, Olympics. You know, I think that's a big disadvantage by these kids trying to adapt to their pro style. They're not fighting like the Europeans do. They strictly are an amateur style, and it works for them. Where our kids are a little bit more seasoned, and they try to be too sharp in there. And I think that's what costs them. Because, like, you know, in the Olympics, it's just three rounds, three minutes. It's just throwing a lot of punches. That's what they're looking at. Who's busier? You know, sometimes they're not looking at the cleaner shots. They're just seeing who's busier, you know. So I think that's what hurts our fighters, especially in Chicago, though. A lot of well, kids are sparring with the pros, and they adapt to their pro style. Well, see, that that goes to my next question uh, of you're seeing them. But, but uh, the way they are um, scoring now the 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 amateur fights is not through pen and, paste, uh, pen and uh, paper anymore. Uh, in in the scorecards, it's not a ten eight system now. Now it's a it's a scoring system where they have five judges, five judges looking at one fight, and they have uh, one button on the other, uh, one for red, one for blue, and then they hit the button when they see the blue fighter. I guess the guy in the blue corner hit the the, the red fighter. They'll punch that 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 button. Now within the span of three seconds, three seconds. Three of the judges of those five judges have to hit it within within uh, the uh, three seconds. Simultaneously, yeah, I know it's, it's yeah simultaneously. Terrible. So now, what, what's your thought on that? Because it's not going to the aggressor anymore. Now it's going more like to the technician, 
And you know, we don't have that scoring system in place here. And do you think we should? You know what? I mean, if, if that's the way they're going to keep it, which they started after the Roy Jones in 1988, they should adapt to that because I think it would be better off for our fighters. But I don't like that system to begin with because what if the job are free doesn't hit the button? You know, he could just fall asleep. Mm -hmm. He needs to be paying attention and writing the scores down and thinking who wins. But ever since that Roy Jones in uh, Seoul, Korea in 1988, they went yeah. to that style and thinking it was going to be better, and I think it's worse. And and also not 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 to um you know uh, pour it on our judges, but majority of the judges are are very um um aged well aged well um gentlemen or, or ladies, and um, I don't think they they have the enough quick reflex to to accumulate for all those punches, you know. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's just not, not a good, for me, it's, it's either you, um, change that scoring system or, um, get some, uh, uh, well, I just simply say just change the scoring system. Well, yeah, the old pen and, uh, pen and, uh, paper. Uh, paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mike, if someone's looking for you to, to, to be trained, you know, by the best fighter here, I mean, uh, coach here in Chicago, can they find you on Facebook or Twitter, or where, where can they find you? I'm on Facebook under Michael Garcia. They can Facebook, I mean, Facebook me there, or I'm at uh, Franklin Street Boxing Club. It's 162 North Franklin Street, third floor. Awesome, awesome. That's it. The guys, check it out. They're where uh, Mike Garcia is there, and um, he, he will give you a, definitely a great workout. Uh, <laughs> Matt, Matt, I want to thank you. I want to thank you first, uh, Mike, for being on the show and and sharing me, this with me, uh, sure. brother, you know, you know, God. And uh, for you, Matt, I, I thank you again for taking time out of your busy schedule and um, uh, taking time to, to uh, be with us. And um, thanks, everyone, for listening. And until next time, I'm David Diaz, your host, and I'll see you outside the ring. Thanks again for joining us. Outside the Ring with David Diaz can be heard again next Thursday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you next week.